Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues. Today's topic is the single revolution. Let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Natasha Chandale. You're listening to Kind of Dating. What's up, Aisha? What's up? What's up? How's it going? Oh, it's going. It's been so long since I saw you. I know, so long. Uh, <laughs> how was Valentine's week for you? Um, it's it's going good, actually. You know, are you a fan? Are you more of a fan now because of being in a relationship? You know, the thing is, I was never necessarily not a fan because I always used it as an opportunity to like love up on your friends and your family, whatever. Like I was one of those single people who was like very okay and happy being single. It was fine. Um, there's I I don't want to say that there's more pressure, but there's a little bit more pressure now. Um, I don't know. So just do something. I know last year, I think Valentine's Day was like on a Monday or something, um, but we couldn't get together. So we did it on Sunday, which was really cute. Um, I think this year, right, it's Tuesday. So, you know, it's just making sure that you're checking in, doing the little things, um, but you don't have to put like a big thing on it. You you I, so, you have a very healthy perspective. Uh, <laughs> my boyfriend likes Valentine's Day. Does he like it? And I dislike it. Right. I also personally don't like Galentines either. Is that, but not because I don't like Galentines. I just like to spend time with my friends. And I don't like it being under any guys that, like, oh, we have to be together on this day as a supplement to this other thing. Mm. I just don't like Valentine's Day. It's fair. I don't like the existence of the day. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I'm being, I'm like the Grinch, but for Valentine's Day. Uh, I just want I just want somebody to tell me all the time that they love me and That's do fair. nice things all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking make a day out of it. <laughs> and spend and extra money like for it. Uh, <laughs> but you know we had a we 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 balance it out. So uh, we did like a nice little dinner. Um, uh, but I didn't do presents. I did do a little sexy time. I did yes. step it up there. I did step it up because, <laughs> and that's go. like more of a me thing. I I uh, was like, oh, I need to start like s- stepping it up for me. Mm. <laughs> um, because when that. you live together, you actually like, you know, it's, it's not that you kind of, not like you get in a routine, but really like you do mm-hmm. get in a routine of yeah. 
before used to spontaneously see each other and then like do stuff. But now yeah. like one's just upstairs and then you're like, oh, and you end up being in like the same places all the time. And so now you have to like actually do things to make it spicier. So right. that was my Valentine's Day gift. Um, that's a great gift. You know what? That's that's what he gets. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> sure he loved it. <laughs> um, friends, we hope that whatever you guys did for, for Valentine's Day, that you feel content. Um, we're back. We're back. We're in it in 2023. It's February. Uh, please remember to uh, follow us. We're on social media at Kind of Dating Across the Board. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you did on Valentine's Day. Um, we're at Kind of Dating on Instagram and TikTok. Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha Says Dance pretty much everywhere. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram and Natasha.Chandel on TikTok. Um, well, guys, you know, this is a good segue because the world, our parents, fucking Disney movies are always beating into us that the goal of life is to be in a relationship, to be in love, to be married, to have another seemingly better half. But with the majority, that's 51% of the American population being single, maybe it's time we tell all of them to fuck right off. Because there is a revolution taking place and it is single people who are refusing to let the world tell them that they are not enough. And they're being led by our next guest. She is an author and podcaster. Um, she is the author of A Single Revolution and hosts her great podcast, A Single Serving. Welcome back to the show, Shani Silver. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, we're so happy to still have you here. Um <laughs> In our last episode, you told us you have been single for 15 years. I have. Which I love. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> um, was it ever hard? Yeah, most of it was. I would say the first decade of it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I mean, it's the reason why I'm able to do what I do now. It was a very, very difficult, painful um deeply, deeply rough time in my life for sure. Um, and then then it wasn't, then it got better. And it's it's kind of proof for me that it can get better. And um, I was able to see all the benefits to really evaluating singlehood itself. What is so bad about this? What am I trying so hard to run from? And why, um, why, why do I only think that my life begins when I find a romantic partner? Why am I putting my entire life on hold until I find one? It was just very imbalanced and very unhealthy. And um, unfortunately, that was just a product of how I was raised in society. This is just what we tell people. Sorry, this is just what we tell women that you have to grow up and be in a partnership. And until you are, you're still a kid. You're not real yet. Like until you find that person, you have not graduated into adulthood. And we're going to keep treating you like a child who doesn't know what they're doing until you find a romantic partner. And there also wasn't a lot of narrative or any narrative around enjoying and valuing singlehood while simultaneously looking forward to your future relationships, which I do. There's just, there wasn't a place for single people to be happy and content that didn't also involve making some sort of unnecessary choice to stay single forever. It was like, there's no way for singles to be understood and valued and appreciated for what they are. And I'm hoping to build that because I think when you can live in that place, you're not someone who's going to settle. And um, I don't think we should, but I also think if what you said earlier about, you know, half the population being single, um, there's something there because 
Among those people, I wonder what percentage of us don't want to be. And if there are that many of us who don't want to be single, and for some reason we can't find each other, something's wrong. And I don't think an app's going to solve it. So there's there's opportunity there and there's there's room to change narratives there and to change culture there. I, I, I'm very excited by that stat. It doesn't depress me. It excites me because I'm like, okay, what do we do now? There's all of us. What do we do now? Because for those of us that desire love and companionship and all of that, that's an, that's an opti- optimistic number for me. That That's exciting. And what do you think is wrong? Oh. <laughs> I mean, why are we not meeting? That's like you funny. said, there are 51% of the American population. This is an American stat that, that's single. Um, why are we not meeting? I think we were given a toy mm. many years ago without instructions and without any insight into what it could become or who it could hurt, or how much it could hurt. Um, And we weren't given, you know, tools or safety or regulation or anything, but the industry that made it was given so much money, so Mm -hmm. much money. I think um, certainly digital dating isn't the only reason why dating culture is broken, but it correlates, it correlates pretty, pretty well. And I worry that we have... In, in using this tool that was meant to bring us together more easily, we've drifted further apart, much, much further apart. And um, I don't know that this thing that was supposed to be a solution for us busy people who don't have time to date, right? Um, I don't think it's done us any favors. I really don't. Yeah, it's a real hit or miss. I mean, there are people. Uh, Aish, did you also meet your partner on an app? No. We met in in real life randomly. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I remember where you guys met. You met at a party. Yeah. Um. Uh. I was the opposite. I didn't do apps. Uh. It, it was wasn't my personality. I wasn't very good at. I just knew myself. I wasn't very good at talking to strangers on an app. Um. And then I took a year off of dating in 2019, purposefully. Um. And and then was like, you know what? Uh, now I think I'm like a little bit more settled. I wasn't as triggered by the things that were, that had happened in the past. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to come back. And I got on uh, a dating app and, uh, and I paid because I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of people surprising me on a date with things like even what you said in your six questions, like, I have a kid. And I'm like, oh, well, you didn't say that before. (laughs) And now I'm here. Um, uh, and those things were kind of happening a lot. Uh, and so I like became very picky and I was like, you know what, what is this? $40? Like, cool. That's just like a couple drinks in a night. Let me pay and at least weed out a bunch of people that would annoy me. And so I did. And, uh, I, I honestly just think I got lucky. I don't, a lot of people are like, what's the thing? I'm like, I truly don't believe there was anything but luck that, uh, my boyfriend and I met, he was my third date. Um, not what I was expecting. I guess the only thing I could think of is like, probably we both kept an open mind. I don't think he and I would have met in real life. He and I are pretty different people. He's, he's a bit older than me too. He's from a different country. <laughs> like we didn't, we not, none of our circles correlate, um, or overlap. Um, so we got just lucky. But before that, like apps were not, um, they hadn't worked and they weren't, 
I didn't care one way or another. I just, I, for me, it was just a lot of window shopping and too much time taken out. I was just like, this is like a time suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't personally like talking to strangers that I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I think it's all luck. Every, yeah, every it really ounce is. of it. I think it's all luck. I think even yeah. broken clock is right twice a day. And no one wants to hear it. But I think when people meet on dating apps, they're algorithmic accidents. Because mm. the dating industry didn't want to make $40 off of you. It wanted to make thousands. It wanted you to be a lot single a lot longer than you were. Um, so I think it's an accident when people meet online. And that's fine. And I'm glad that for everyone that met on a dating app, I'm so glad they found what they were looking for. But I can't help but think of the thousands, if not millions, that don't. Most, That's what's a little bit harder for me, but you don't. are one of the, yeah, you're one of the first people I've ever heard say out loud into a microphone, it was luck. Um, and it's just so refreshing to hear, to hear someone meet on an app and and not use that as a, hey, I did it, you can do it too. But to be honest and say, this, this was luck. This was, and also on top of luck, like you had to like each other when you met, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's like the, you guys connecting in real life, I'm assuming is what built up that, that beautiful connection. Oh my God. Uh, All the time. That's like the big thing of um, people say, you know, again, we've been asked because we met right before the pandemic and three weeks before. And um, our third date was supposed to be on a Saturday and they announced lockdowns on Thursday. And then we were both like, hey, want to come over? Um, And that was after two dates. Uh, So when he came over, I tell everybody, I'm like, guys, we just got really lucky that we liked each other and our personalities happened to mesh because there was no way for us to figure that out on an app. Like he actually said like five words in his app. I told him, I said, you kind of went against the stuff I would normally go for, but I said you were hot. That was the reason I swiped. I was like, you were hot. And uh, a couple of the things you said were interesting. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like this will be interesting at least. Um, I went on the first date, didn't think that was it. I just thought he was really nice. And I was like, we had a nice time. That's it. I was like, let's see him again. And then second date is when I was like, oh, I had a great time. And so I, again, still didn't think that's it. And even now people go to me, so he's the one. And I'm like, I still don't believe in those concepts because you just never know what life will bring. I don't know. He's the one right now. Um, but I don't know what happens in life. Like, I, if tomorrow he cheats on me, he's not the one. Simple. Like, there's no if, and, or but around it. It's just that's not the one for me. So uh, I, I understand and, like, I appreciate everything that you um, speak about and something you actually put in your Instagram story. You know, you had mentioned uh, today that people really are, um, they're really connecting to your book. Mm-hmm. Uh because there's this industry that we are in that come from apps and coaches and matchmakers, and they're constantly making people feel less than. Mm-hmm. They're making single people especially feel less than, and you are fucking over that. Yeah, I am. And so how do you sort of approach or what what helped you or, or made you create a single revolution? What, what, was, what, what was behind the book? Oh God, so many things. I think, um, I think at its core, it was about self-worth and a single person's self-worth, their self-esteem, the way they look at themselves against the rest of the world and the narratives that they had been fed about singlehood, about their own singlehood and what it said about them. And the fact that every single one of those narratives was fucking lying. There was never, ever anything wrong with being single. We came into the world as single people. 
That's how we were born. It's actually partnering up is the massive life change. And that's the massive like, whoa, this is a different way to live. Not singlehood. Singlehood is just continuing to exist. If you think about it, like, but there are so many shame soaked narratives about singlehood, particularly if you're a single woman. And by the way, why is there no guys in times? Why is it just Galentine's? Why is it just assumed that only single women have a problem with Valentine's Day and not single men? Like, don't get me started on fucking Galentine's Day. Anyway. Um, it preach, was preach, so I'm not alone in it. <laughs> it was the narratives. It was the narratives about singlehood that were so degrading and so demeaning and so full of shame. And every one of them was lying because there is nothing about singlehood that indicates failure, that indicates unwantability, unlovability. Um, there is, there is, I have a hard time with people making single people feel like shit. I have a really, really hard time with that. And I'm already sweating talking about this. It's just, um, there is an industry, there is a societal culture, there are countless narratives that prey on the vulnerabilities of single people and also perpetuate the vulnerabilities of single people, telling us that it's our fault, that we're doing something wrong, that we are, we're not dating the right way. We don't have the right words in our profile or the right kind of picture, or don't say this on this date or try it on this day, or don't text back within this hour, but at this time you should say this and this text, like stop all of it. Stop all of it. Because if you talk to people who are actually in relationships, who actually met somebody, either in the wild or on a dating app, it's not going to be this, I followed these five steps and then my person showed up, but somebody's still going to pay $1,000 to learn those five steps in someone's fucking masterclass. I don't, I don't like the ways that the world shames and then takes advantage of single people, particularly single women. And that's why I wrote a book because I think we can feel a lot better about ourselves when we start telling a lot more truth about what we are. And when you feel better about being single, you are so much less vulnerable to being preyed upon or to being shamed. And that's what I would like for us. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's very frustrating. And, and I think we uh, on the podcast definitely share that same view of formulas like I can't stand formulas. Uh, there is no one formula that has worked for anybody ever. Uh, but this industry is only perpetuated because of this, of people selling formulas. And I also tell people, I'm like, the reason they want you to have kids and this whole, you know, uh, anti-abortion stance and all this stuff is really not rooted in any form of religion is rooted in consumer and business. So the economy is known to, uh, they're literally projecting that 50% of the economy will fall because we don't have enough people to feed into consumerism. So the economy will fall if we don't have more kids. That's why they want you to have more kids. It's not because of there's any fucking religious reason behind it. It's all economics. So all of the, sa the same stuff, like coupling up together, you know, you spend more money when you are a family. I mean, my friends who have kids and a family, they're spending like 400 or some ridiculous amount a week to feed their kids. I'm just like, good Lord. Like I can't, my best friend when she has a husband and two boys and the amount that she spends, it's crazy. Um, but all of this is like, it's an industry that is feeding this narrative that, that being alone is wrong. And, uh, and our experience, no matter what, even when you are a couple, is always singular. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Meanwhile, the planet is like, please stop having kids. I know. There, there's so many <laughs> of you. I, I can't do this. There, there's too many of you. Please stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you, you know, something you talk about is like, uh, the being single is not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely that. Uh, so in that sense, then is dating mandatory? Oh God, no, no. It's, um, I mean, if you do an inventory of everyone, you know, everyone in your own life who's in partnership and you find like how they met, how they came together, you're going to find a pretty small percentage that met each other because they were both hunting each other down through dating. Like it was a mission. Very, very few people. And if you find them, ask them how happy they are. Um, it's, it's just, dating is not required for anything. It's, it's one of those things in life that you can do or not do. It's, it's up to you. If you enjoy it, do it. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, there is no requirement that people date. There is no requirement that people date if they want a partner. These, these uh, narratives that we lock single people into, like, well, if you're single, that's incorrect. And that means that you have to continue to search for your person until you find them because coupled is correct and single is incorrect. It's very passive. It almost becomes like just a normal day-to-day chore almost that you don't even think of like making your bed. It's like, well, I'm single, so I have to date. I'm single, so I have to look for someone. It's just very, it's like laundry. It's very, very passive. It's become a a very much um, one of those autopilot things where your singlehood is a bad thing. It's an incorrect thing. So you have to correct it by finding someone. How do you find someone? You date. None none of this is real. (laughs) None of it is real at all. And I think at the core of it lies the idea that being single is an incorrect way to be. And it's simply not. It's a perfectly allowed way to live your life. This is allowed. This is okay. And it doesn't have to be shameful or lacking or less than or indicative of failure. It really doesn't have to be. Um, but if all you've ever seen is examples of how wrong and shameful and bad and sad and pathetic it is, you're going to try to run from it. So I'm just trying to offer up more narratives, honest narratives about how lovely this can be. And that doesn't mean you have to be single forever. What do you say then to the the folks that like, you know, my, uh, somebody in my family, she uh, is single, but wants someone. And I've always just been like, just chill. But she's like, well, I want someone, but she doesn't like apps. And, but then she works all the time. And so she also doesn't have time to go out in that same sense. So like, what do you say to those people? Cause like, there are people who are single who still like actually want a relationship. Um, is it just, I mean, do you just advise them to kind of lean more into the singlehood and just like accept it or what's that balance? No, I would ask them to look into the urgency of the term want, because for your family member, it sounds like there's some urgency there. And I would want to know where that urgency comes from. Does it come from shame? Does it come from lack? Does it come from the desire for children? Because that's also a huge factor. Um, where does the want come from and where does that urgency come from? And that urgency can generate feelings of panic and frustration. And um, that's at the heart of a lot of a lot of those vulnerabilities that the dating industry will take advantage of. I don't advise anyone to do anything. I don't, um, it's I can't prescribe someone else's life to them. And I think we make big mistakes when we when we think that other people can prescribe our lives to us or, or prescribe solutions to our lives to us. You're right. When you told your family member to just chill, you're right. But it's really hard to just chill when you're a single woman. 
It's really hard. Um, I hope that my work makes it easier. I hope that that's what it does because um, I've only seen good come from relaxation and contentment and calm and appreciation and gratitude. Those things I think are beautiful qualities in a person. I want those things in a person. So why wouldn't I want to also give them out into the world? Um, but it's it's very hard. The, the panic feelings, the urgency feelings, the lack feelings, those were taught to us. And they've been taught to us since the dawn of time. So it's very, very hard to rewrite those narratives for yourself, but it's incredibly possible. Um, and that doesn't mean that your, your family member is going to be single forever. It just means that um, a look at the motivation behind those desires might help um, not release them entirely, but sort of soften that urgency. But also like there is a possibility they will be single forever. Sure. <laughs> and and <laughs> right. that, that's gotta, I feel like at some point people have to just be okay with it because mm-hmm. uh, I think you and I might be different, uh, might be the same that way where uh, earlier you had said that, you know, one of your deal breakers is kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have kids. Um I never say never in case I get knocked up, but like, you know, I assume I won't. Um, And so I've never felt an urgency. Mm. But a lot of women really, really feel that urgency. And that's the one thing that I do feel deep empathy for because it's like, yeah, it's hard when when you want a kid more than anything. And Mm -hmm. so you think that the best way is with a partner. and that, like, I mean, how do they approach sort of the the singledom? Well, you've already said it. Um, you said that some of us are going to be single forever, or maybe your, your family member will be single forever. And that's true. That's true for everybody, including me. And that's a huge reason why loving your singlehood and having gratitude for it is vital. Because if you're single forever, don't threaten me with a good time. I like this. Yeah. I like this. I'm happy. So you're telling me I'm going to keep being happy forever? Okay, thank you. Um, I would like companionship and partnership and love and sex and all of that. I would love all of these things, but I'm not going to live out the rest of my life in lack because I don't have them. It won't be something that completes my life. It will be something additional brought into my life. For those that want children, what's hard to say, and every time it comes out of my mouth, it breaks my heart a little bit more every time. Not everybody who wants to be a parent is going to be. And that's really hard to say. Even now, just like it, it just fucking knocks the wind out of me. But it's, it's true. If, if we can say with a straight face, some of us are going to be single forever and know that that's true because that's part of life. It's also true for parenthood. And I'm really tired of, um, I, I don't want to talk down to somebody who wants to be a parent and just say, well, you can do it by yourself. Maybe they don't want to. Some people do. And there are many resources out there that will help for sure. And if that's you, by the way, check out Single Mothers by Choice. It's a wonderful community that has been in existence since the 80s. It's, it's phenomenal. It's run by Jane Mattis. She's incredible. Um, but I don't, I don't want to like degrade or talk down to anybody who wants to be a parent to say, oh, just do this and this will happen for you. It's no, that's a really hard thing. That is one of the hardest things. And I can't fix that. I don't have any advice that can fix that, nor does anybody who's like, oh, I'll, I'll show you how to meet your partner so that you can have a baby. When you talk about taking advantage of people, that's, that's one of the hardest things for me to get over. But um, no, if we can say comfortably that some, not everybody will meet their partner, I can also say not everybody that wants to be a parent will be able to become one. I don't like it. I hate saying it out loud, but I, I hate lying more. 
No, totally. And also being in a relationship doesn't guarantee you having um, a child anyway. Unfortunately, you know, fertility issues are are rising and uh, you could be 25 and still struggle. You could be 40 and have a kid tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I hate to say that aspect of luck, destiny, whatever it is, if something is meant to be, it's going to be, you might, again, that's why I say I'm never going to say never because I don't know. I literally, I, I don't actively try, but tomorrow without trying, something could happen. And, you know, and then it happens. So what? Um, what do you sort of mean by, you You talk about this concept of single positivity. So what do you, what do you mean by that? So I don't necessarily love the word singlehood positivity or the term singlehood positivity because I don't think, I don't think, you know, permanent positivity is realistic. I like seeing the value in singlehood. I like seeing, um, I like seeing everything that it contains rather than the one thing it lacks. That's what I enjoy because I see a lot of the singlehood positivity movement championing singlehood as if it's something you have to choose. And I don't believe that we have to choose singlehood ever, but we certainly don't have to choose it so that people will accept us and understand us. And so that we'll feel like we fit into society. Because people don't know what to think about single women, right? We're yeah. this shameful, embarrassing thing. They don't know how to talk to us, how to handle us. Like, it's it's so awkward, like, watching single people try to interact with a single person at, like, a cocktail party or something. Like, they literally don't know what to say. I'm human, bitch. Just say hello. <laughs> like, why is this hard? It's, um, people don't know how to handle us. So there have been things in the singlehood positivity movement, like choosing singlehood or marrying yourself that I think are highly unnecessary. Um it, it's so much and it's just unnecessary. And I, there are, there are tools at your disposal other than choosing permanent singlehood to feel accepted and valued in society and accepted and valued within yourself. Um, so I don't necessarily promote singlehood positivity, but I do promote a perspective shift. Asking yourself, what is so bad about singlehood? What is so bad about getting the entire bed to yourself every night? About setting the thermostat to the temperature you enjoy? About playing the music you like without anyone bitching ever? Um, every, Every aspect of your life is customized to you and you alone. And in the outside world, that might be seen as selfish. But if there's no one around, it ain't selfish. It's just living. It's just living. I fucking loved being single. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> loved it. I ended up in like Aisha knows this. I ended up in fucking situationships all the time, but like I loved it. And mm-hmm. when anybody again that aspect of like, oh, well now you're in a relationship, so what caused that? And I still say luck. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can say about myself, but that was removed from the relationship was that I really, truly got to a place where that year I took off, a whole part of it was to go, I've anyways been working uh, since I was pretty young uh, about embracing being alone. So I really wanted, I was training myself since, you know, my early 20s of like, I'm going to go to movies by myself. I eat dinners by myself. I go do all of this because I realized, oh, I was ending up in these kind of really toxic relationships. And I was like, why am I doing this? Maybe somewhere inside, I don't think I can handle being alone. So I taught myself to be alone and I loved being alone. Then I would still end up in these kinds of like fucking guys would bring their drama to me. And I'm like, I'm not even dramatic. Why are you so dramatic? Like, so then finally, when I got to that point where I was like, 
I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling like I need something more. And so that whole year was like settling into like, I truly accepted I was going to die alone. And I loved the idea of it. And I was like, that's cool. Um, And I truly was like great about it. And so then when I started dating, I had no expectation of meeting anybody. I was just like, if I meet somebody, it's going to be fun. And that's it. Like, I just wanted to have some fun. Um, And it worked out by luck. Not because, and, and the only thing I think some of that work did is allow me to have more fun dates where, uh, where maybe an experience would have turned me off and I would have gotten annoyed and maybe made a podcast about it. I was just like, that was silly. Um, moving on. Uh, and I just moved on and there was like, I forgot about it. Like it wasn't even a big deal. Um, so I guess like, how, what is that balance? You know, cause is there, is there room for embracing singledom while still kind of working towards being your best self? Um, and there's not to say, and you know, that concept, it's not like best self. It implies that we're not good enough right now. And I don't mean it in that way, but the same time, like we can always improve. Um, and I do believe that like we can always continuously evolve a little bit. It doesn't have to be drastic. Um, is there balance in that? Yeah. I think the balance comes from being intentional. Why are you doing that self-work? Because if you're going into self-worth thinking, self-work thinking, I have to do this or make this change or become this better version of myself so that I can meet someone, that's not you're not really doing that work there. You're doing it in service of something else or someone else. You're not doing it in service of you. Anything that you don't like about yourself that you want to address, you can address it. But the intention you go into it with is what makes the difference. Because if you're only ever doing self-work so that you can find someone, you are still centering what you lack. You are centering what's missing. You are not centering yourself. And so um, the, the value in loving being alone, learning to love being alone, learning to value your time alone is so necessary because once you love your alone time, once you love your singlehood, it becomes so much harder for someone to invade it that is the wrong person for you. The only people that get into a happy singlehood are those that belong there. You stop dealing with situationships and the wrong people for you and other people's garbage and the drain of dating becomes something that no longer has any business in your life. Because why would it? Why would you allow? I'm, my singlehood is nice. I'm happy. This is wonderful. If you want to come in here, earn your spot. That's the difference for me. Yes. Earn your spot. Uh, also, like, I mean, I think, and I would, I really want any of our, our kind of daters out there who are listening, who are single to really fucking get this, especially the women that even after if you happen to meet somebody, trust that that pressure will not end. This is just what society does to women, right? Like the second you're, first they give you pressure for being in a relationship. Once you're in a relationship, they're like, so what's the next thing? When are you, we live together. And then everybody's like, so are you guys, uh, when are you getting married? I don't believe in marriage. What the fuck? I don't have to, I don't owe anybody a fucking response to any of it. When are you having kids? So you guys don't want to have kids? You don't, oh my God, really? But you guys make cute kids. Well, what are you going to do when you die? Like there's like this whole, like literally these are the things that that are constantly 
um, being put on us. And at some point you have to, you have to stop that noise because the noise will not stop. Um, you have to close the door to that noise. Um, but also know that not being single isn't going to stop it. That's not going to be the, the thing that's going to make people, um, stop interfering in your shit. (laughs) It does in a different way. It really does. I think people are so unoriginal and they don't know what to talk about. I think that's where all of this nonsense comes from. Like they are not capable of like actually diving deep and getting to know other human beings and investing in other human beings. So we just have the surface level shit. And so much of it is just awful, invasive, small talk that has no business in anyone's life. And thankfully, I think that like our generation and the ones below us are getting much better at that. Much, much better. Um, But the, the boomers are still here and they're still our parents. So yeah. And there look, are there, are, yeah. there, there are times that, and you are right. That is the reason it's, it's a lack of, it's a people having a lack of questions to ask mm-hmm. and, and nobody wanting to dig deep because there are times I think about those questions for someone else too. Um, you know, uh, I have friends who might only have one kid. I might in boredom want to go like, Hey, do you want to have a second? But I always stop myself. I have never once asked somebody, do you guys want to get married? Do you want to have kids? What's the plan? Because it's so personal. It's not my business. I don't pay their fucking rent. I'm nobody to ask that. So I find other things to talk about. Um, you know, I, what, anything else I get advice on like, Hey, what advice do you have on like buying a house? (laughs) Like that's, that's what I care about now. Um, I really don't care if, uh, about some of this other bullshit. Same. Um, Aish, we have some listener questions? We do, yes. Some of our wonderful listeners have been asking wonderful, amazing questions. And let's go over some of them right now. Um, First is from Amanda. And Amanda asks, how much energy should I put into dating versus letting things happen naturally? Oh, zero energy into dating and 100% into letting things happen naturally. That's my advice for Amanda. But what does that mean exactly? Because in because some people, it's like, do, I mean, do you take any action at all? Like, do they go on a dating app and then let it happen naturally? Or do they just truly do nothing? Because what if you just do nothing? Then you just do nothing. I have I have truly done nothing. I have put zero overt effort into finding a partner in the last, oh my gosh, It'll be four years in about a week. Um, And they have been the best, happiest, most productive, most successful, most joyous, friend-filled years of my entire life. So have there been dates? No, there have not. But there's been absolutely everything else. And you cannot tell me that the way I was living before was better. Um, I don't believe that you have to put overt effort into part into finding partnership in order to find it. Um, but I think it's really hard to let go of doing something active to find partnership because then everyone thinks, oh, well, the reason you're single is because you're not trying. You're not putting any effort into it. But that also ignores the years, sometimes decades of effort that people put in and got nothing in return. Dating is an area of life, maybe the only area of life where effort does not match reward. If you want better grades, study harder. If you want a better job, talk to your boss, put a plan in place for a promotion and a raise someday. Effort will match reward most of the time. In dating, 
It doesn't. It simply doesn't. It doesn't matter how many faces you swipe on or how many messages you send or how many first dates you go on. There will always be a girl at work who met their partner on day one of her dating app. And you have to sit next to her every day at work and be like, what the fuck? So put in effort if you want to put in effort, but you do not have to, and you do not have to bear guilt for doing nothing to solve your singlehood problem. First of all, I think we all know by now, I don't feel like your singlehood is a problem, but um, you are allowed to do absolutely nothing and just allow people, places, and things to come into your life anyway. And they will. There's nothing about ending the overt pursuit of partnership that removes you from life. There isn't. It's just this one thing. You know what I mean? There's so much focus on dating and I really... um, I have been so much happier since I have removed that focus. I have found so much more in so many different aspects of life than when I was dating. And I have met, I met dudes. Like what? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like you're going to go out and do activities and you're going to have fun. And uh, along the way, you'll meet people and uh, it might lead to something. It might not, but you will have fun, at least in the process. Yeah, let's focus on fun. What else we have? Okay, so this is from Stu. Stu says, what's the best way to respond to friends who say things like, I have faith that your person is out there. You need to love yourself before someone can love you. You'll find someone when you're not looking. Put a 50 on the table and leave. Nah. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> That's what I have for you. I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of singles having to bear the brunt of knowing what to say in response of having to solve the situation with a response, with an answer, with a clap back, with something. It is no longer our job. It is a new year. It is no longer our job to correct other people's shit behavior. Get up and leave. And it's really that people just don't know what to say, right? Mm-hmm. It It's so much of um, this, uh, this uh, element of, um, oh, you have faith your person is out there. It happens in all aspects of life. Anytime something bad happens, Everybody wants to give cliche kind of positive advice. It's like if somebody passes away, they'll say, oh, I'm sure you're going to meet them in heaven. Oh, you know, I'm sure they're an angel with you. Um, Time will heal. Uh, And the truth is, like, you don't know any of those things. Uh, Don't say dumb shit. Just say, I'm really sorry. Um, You know, I'm here if you need anything. Check in on them. Don't say, are you okay? How are you? You know, let them answer the question. Um, but there are things that we just say to make ourselves feel better. Um, like don't have faith because you don't want somebody to feel uncomfortable in front of you, but it's like, you don't know that just don't say anything. Um, and I think again, it happens across industries. Uh, in my work, uh, I'm a TV writer and I pitch things all the time. And uh, my boyfriend's had to learn to stop saying those things to me because he's like, it's not a meritocracy. It doesn't matter how much I believe in something or whatever. If I pitch something, it doesn't mean it's going to get picked up no matter how good it is, no matter who is attached. It doesn't matter. Um, if it di- if it does, it's a stroke of luck. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, but other people don't want you to be sad. So they say things sure. that they think is going to make you feel better, but it's actually just like more annoying. Yeah. Well, the thing to repair is the thought in their head. Why do they think I'm sad? Because I'm not. That's on them, not me. Mm -hmm. So again, singles doing less work in 2023, just do less, do less, let them do more. Let them have to think about it more for themselves because we didn't deserve that the first time around. 
Right. What would you say, because I have a couple of friends like this who are single and really don't want to be, and they're sort of thing, they're the ones coming with the like complaints and, you know, oh, I'm single, blah, blah, blah. As the person who either is not single or is, you know, hearing this, what do you think they should say? Because I, a lot of the times, will be the person who's like, you know, keep going, blah, blah, blah. But like, what alternatives do you think? My book is $15.99. Like, (laughs) I swear, we don't don't always have to fix everything. There's like, um, I I know how frustrating it can be, particularly for someone who has sort of reframed singlehood for themselves to hear people still bitching and complaining about singlehood, about dating, about the apps, ad nauseum for years at a time. I know how frustrating that is. there's actually very little that you can do because changing the way that you think and feel about being single is something that has to happen inside of the individual. They can't be taught to feel better. They have to want to feel better and decide for themselves that they're going to try. Um, And when they're ready to try, there are resources that are available to change your perspective, shift it, expand it, and feel better. Um, But if somebody wants to stay in their singlehood misery, they're going to stay there. I should know. I stayed for a decade. So it's... um, and it's sometimes not your we just want to vent too, right? Sometimes people just want to vent. Like I've had to learn to ask, like, are you, do you actually want me to give some advice or are you just venting? I actually ask it just because I don't want to give something unsolicited. Um, and sometimes we just want to bitch because I do that about work, you know, where I just want to call somebody and just vent about work. Uh, I know that there's no solution for it. I just want to bitch about it. Uh, so I assume it's, the same thing back. Um, and yeah, I think we don't there's always information have for you. I think there's information in your desire to vent. When something frustrating happens to you and you want to vent to somebody, be it work or, or relationships or anything, I think that desire to vent is trying to teach you something. What are you actually frustrated about right now? What is actually bothering you? And rather than just vent it and throw it out at someone else so that you can feel better, that's a momentary better. I think the lengthy better comes from evaluating why do I want to vent? What is actually pissing me off right now? Is there any, even a small step I can take in my own life to give myself what I need right now? And then once you do that, what can I also give myself to avoid a similar situation in the future? Because shit's going to keep happening to us. But the venting thing, I think we miss opportunities when we vent because Mm. that desire to vent wants to teach you something. So I think gleaning the lessons from that can help. Love that. Okay, this is from Dalt Jewett87 on Instagram says, how do you learn to trust yourself again um, in dating after being betrayed? Hmm. You didn't cause the betrayal. There was never any need not to trust yourself. Hmm. Nice. Usually you're like a one, one line wonder over on here. It. She's just like, <laughs> she's like, here is all you need to know. I, I do my it. best. I do what I can. <laughs> And then this last one is kind of in a similar vein, actually, from, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, Fargubian. Fargubian. <laughs> Fargubian says, how do you know to trust someone when it comes to dating? You don't. You don't. You're not responsible for knowing everything about somebody at any point in time. People, people are going to continue to be people and they're going to... Um, they're going to do what they do and you can't control it. You can't um, anticipate everything. You can't protect yourself from everything. Um, we're just going to keep living and things are going to keep happening. And it's how you take in what happens to you. It's not about how to avoid being betrayed. Like how, how do we do that? That's impossible. Um, you do your best. 
you do your best and you you show up as authentically and as humanly as you can and hope that they do the same. And if they show you that they can't do that, um, you leave. That's what you do. You learn to leave when somebody is not um, adding to your life in a, in a good way. And listen, sometimes people just do skeezy behavior and you kind of like know it, you feel it. So someone that's trustworthy, you're going to feel pretty much at ease around them. Like most of the time when we're around our friends, they're, they haven't done anything specific, but they're acting in a seemingly normal way. (laughs) And you're kind of like, all right, this isn't sending off, you know, red bell alarms. Um, but when somebody's giving you or are acting in a skeezy way, something's going to go off inside of you and like, take that as a sign. Um, but yeah, like you said, you can't anticipate it. You can't anticipate betrayal. Um, it's also a, a not a fun way to live when you're constantly assuming that people are going to betray you. Um, but skis intuition is a skill set for sure. Skis intuition. That's the thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, Shaney, thank you so much uh, for answering these listener questions, guys. Please keep them coming. Uh, message us on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, send us your questions. Uh, we will be asking them on air. Uh, your six questions you did in the last episode. So everyone, you can listen to Shaney's six questions and her dating confession on our Instagram. Thank you so, so much for being on Kind of Dating. Thank you for having me. This is a long time coming. We've been talking Absolutely. about this for a few months. So thank you. I um, can't wait how- to have you on my podcast too. I know. Me too. Um, how can everyone find you and your work and your book? Fairly easily. So my book is A Single Revolution, Don't Look for a Match, Light One, and it's available on Amazon. You can also find me at Shaney Silver on TikTok and Instagram. And my website, shaneysilver.com is pretty easy to find. Guys, all of that will also be in the description of this episode. So please make sure you follow Shaney and get her book because it's amazing. Thank you so much really great. Um, guys, follow us. We're also on social media. We're at Kind of Dating Across the Board. Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha Says Dance Across the Board. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you like what you heard, screenshot the episode and tag us on social media. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.